Welcome to the Light Lab Podcast. My name is Eliana Light, and I'm here with my good friends, Cantor Ellen Dreskin. Hello again, everybody. Josh Roshoski. Great to be back together. We're actually together. Josh and I are in the same room. Woo! It's like a yearly tradition when I come <laughs> when I come down to Bexley, Ohio. Gotta record a podcast. We do. It's quite exciting. Your basement is lovely. Thank you. Enjoy it very much. We're Thank here co-leading the SLBC Tfilah and Shira Kala. That means Tfilah, which if you want to translate that, you can listen to the first episode <laughs> of the podcast. Just kidding. Prayer and liturgy and song connective retreat. I was going to say weekend, but it's not a weekend. It's over a couple it of days. It used to be a weekend. Week. Now we get weekend. to use it as a preparatory for the in-person conference, which will be in St. Louis Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, where we get to be with Ellen too. We're so excited so, so, right now to see the two of y'all on my video sitting there together. I can't wait to see you on site next week. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for the three of us to be in the same room for the first time since we started this whole thing, Whoa. which is right. Yeah. Listener, by the time you hear this, we'll have taken a picture. Together. It's true. <laughs> that was the revelation that we, we need to make sure and get a picture. I'm not sure that the, that the two of y'all really exist in the flesh, yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy for this virtual time we've spent so much together. Oh, me too. It's been such and speaking of blessings, here's our question of the day. Can you tell us? Well, not a question, but you know, an opening to you telling us a story. Tell us about a time you received a blessing. Josh, how about you go first? I was trying to think of where I specifically received a blessing as opposed to times where like I felt like something was a blessing or things mm. like that. And it was hard for me to, to think of a particular situation. And then there was sort of one moment that I guess stood above everything else, which was the moment when I received rabbinic ordination. I received smicha. The smicha is like a literal putting hands on on somebody and giving them a blessing and saying, you have learned and you're a, you're a colleague. Now at, at the Ziegler Rabbinical School where I went to rabbinical school, you always ask some sort of rabbinic mentor to put your talit on you and give you that blessing and bless you with the blessing that we're gonna talk about a little bit later. So for for my smicha, my ordination, I had my father-in-law, who's a rabbi, and Rabbi Cheryl Peretz, who's the associate dean of the rabbinical school, uh, jointly put the talit on me and give me a blessing. So I had family connection and also a rabbinic teacher who had guided me through the whole process of rabbinical school. So to have them them carry me up to that moment and, and be up with me on the bima in front of all these people and receive this blessing that says that, that you're going to be our colleague in addition to our student was a really powerful moment for me and a real you know, life-changing moment also. So beautiful. We're so glad that happened. <laughs> so beautiful. Ellen, tell us about a time you received a blessing. Wow. I remember distinctly, except I don't remember what year it was, but it was in the late, mid to late 1980s that I was on faculty at a kala, a summer kala for the Union for Reform Judaism. And one of uh, my co-faculty was Debbie Friedman. And this is, I think it sticks out because this is the first time I remember this is on Friday evening as the whole community lit candles together. The rabbi who was in charge, who was Rabbi Larry Raphael, said, uh, find someone standing next to you and ask them with what would they like to be blessed. And then bless with that and then switch and, you know, and part with your partner. And I found myself standing next to Debbie. We'd been very good friends already for 20 years. And, and I remember sharing a blessing with her. And I don't remember what I asked for. And I honestly don't remember what she said. But the reason I bring it up is because the next morning was for Shabbat morning. She came to me and handed me a piece of paper. And it's a full page letter that starts with last night, I didn't know what to say. And here's my. And I forgot about it for a little while because it's been a number of years, but I was last week and I found the letter and was so appreciative of that. And 
feeling so grateful that I actually have something concrete that is that blessing that Debbie shared with me. And yeah, so that, of course, came right up front when I saw the question for the day. I thought, well, I must have found it last week so that I could share it with y'all today. Very special and very special to have it in writing, too. Yeah. So beautiful just to hear that story. I think we both got chills a little yeah. bit. It, that idea that we can give blessings to each is then I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we're allowed to do this. We can, hmm, I didn't know about that. And now it's more common. Thankfully, I'm grateful for that too, that we spend a lot of time hopefully sharing blessings with each other now. Amen. Amen to that blessing of blessings. Wow. These are all such great stories. And listener, you can think about a time you received a blessing, whether you categorized it at the time as a blessing. I don't think I would have thought, you know, what happened to me would have been a blessing until much later. But this was already like 10 years ago. So I was 23 at the time. And I was at a conference. And as we were doing at the conference, of us were hanging out in somebody's dorm rooms. We were at a college and it was late. People were talking and I was like pouring out my soul to someone because at these intense conference experiences, especially if you don't know a lot of people, sometimes you become very close very quickly with people who you'd never met before. And so we're just like pouring our souls out to each other. And I was sharing how I was feeling so insecure and how I like didn't feel confident. And I you know, worried about friendships and will I ever be in a loving relationship and like all of these things to this wonderful person, Jewish priestess, a Kohenet from Australia, the potentially not the Kohenet from Australia that you're thinking of. If you know some Kohenets from Australia, she was wonderful, but she, she looked me straight in the eye and she said, your thirties are going to be amazing. She shared like right at me, right at my faith and my soul and my gut that, you know, when I get older, I'm going to come into my own and I'm going to step into my power and my confidence. And I don't have anything to worry about because it's just going to happen. And I don't think I thought of it much then, but as I approached the age of 30, I thought about it all the time. I was very excited for my 30th birthday because I had received this blessing slash, I don't know, prophecy that my thing and They have been, you know, I think all of those things have happened. Did they happen because of this blessing? Who knows? But they certainly, the possibility for them to happen, I think, became more expansive and wide once I was seeing my life in that way. And it allowed me to enter the next decade of my life with excitement, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. I love that. Can I can I add one more? Please. Um, Ellen, what you shared about us having the ability to give blessings reminded me of a story from the Talmud about when God asks for a blessing. And I feel like we've talked about it on this podcast before, maybe, that there's a story in Masechet, I don't remember which Masechet's in, but Rabbi Yishmael goes into the Holy of Holies and God says, Barcheni. God says to Yishmael, give me a blessing. And the blessing that Rav Yishmael gives to God is, that your mercy vanquish your anger. And I think that's just such a great bless one, a great blessing to give to God, right? Rav Yishmael knew what to say in that moment. But the, the fact that even God wants, wants blessings and that every single, every single being, every single creature um, wants to receive and wants to be able to give also these sort of reciprocal blessings that we can share with each other. Oftentimes we think of blessings as hierarchical, as it has to come from someplace higher. And, and yet to know that that's not necessarily the case. I also yeah. love that already we've opened up the que- the question of what is a blessing? Is a blessing a prophecy? Is a really good question, I think, for us to ponder. I was just looking up this quote I remember probably from one of my humor books. The internet is attributing it to someone named Ronnie Shakes. I'll look it up. But I fear one day I'll meet God. God will sneeze and I won't know what to say. So... <laughs> I just wish Raul knew what to say to God. Uh, You know, (laughs) that's another way of thinking about blessings. Beautiful. So, my friends, we are still on our Amidah journey. 
which is great. Isn't it great that we've gotten to take all of this time to dig so deeply into our Amidah? We have taken three steps back and three steps forward. We have explored the blessing formula, Baruch Atah yod and what that might mean. We have connected with our ancestors and the Holy One's powers and what holiness is and the petitionary blessings, the yearning for knowledge and repentance and forgiveness and redemption and healing and abundant land and ingathering and justice and boo heretics and yea righteous ones and a rebuilt Jerusalem and the kingdom of David slash redemption slash Messiah and what that even means. And what does it mean to have heard our prayers and accept our prayers? Last week in the podcast feed, we re-aired our episode on Modimanach Nulach, which we did way before we knew we were going to be taking this journey. And today we're going to close out, round out this gratitude section of the Amidah. Josh, want to read for us? Yes, here we go. I'm reading from the Sim Shalom Sidur, the conservative movement's uh, former prayer book. And here we go. Ve'al kulam yitbarach ve'yitromam shimcha malkenu tamid le'olam va'ed. Vechol hachaim yoducha sela, vihalalu et shimcha beemet, hael yeshuatenu veezratenu sela, baruch ata adonai, hatov shimcha ulechana elehodot. For all these blessings, we shall ever praise and exalt you. May every living creature thank you and praise you faithfully, God of our deliverance and our help. Praised are you, Adonai, the essence of goodness, worthy of acclaim. Hmm. What are we seeing? What are we experiencing? What are we noticing? So many things. <laughs> so many things. I feel like today the word Sela is calling out to me. Um, Sela is a very interesting. Linguists think that it was a yeah. to call for the choir to. And so when we see Sela kind of in the Psalms, because the Psalms were sung in the temple service, can imagine the holy conductor of the Levite choir asking for this held note. And then that held note has also come to mean foreverness and eternity and perpetuity. And so Sela coming twice here, was this text part of the temple service? Or as so much of this kind of end of the Amidah has, as we talked about, kind of in our Amidah episode, I think two episodes ago, um, 39, recalls the temple service and what we're about to do after this paragraph also recalls the temple service. Bringing in Sela, I think for me, is connecting those dots. I think I learned from Joey Weisenberg also that Sela could be an acronym for Siman Lekahal Has, that that's the moment where they like hold out and stop the note. That's exactly what you were saying, ah. but that it's, it could be an acronym. And I'm, I'm noticing where the Selahs are placed and I wonder if there's like a sort of reciprocity again with we're going to, all these living creatures are going to praise, Selah, praise, and then, and then God is going to be this salvation, mm. hold that out, right? That there's sort of this connection between the us praising and all these living creatures and this salvation that we're receiving and experiencing from God. And that those notes are held maybe singing in harmony. Nice. All of creation and God together. Love that. Love that too. Beautiful. I went back and looked at the beginning of this prayer, Modima Nachnulach, even though we did it as a, as a separate episode, noticing that, that now that we're looking at it in the context of the closing prayers of the Amidah, that from the get-go, it's not just about us, but about it repeats that Adonai Eloheinu Velohei Avotenu Ve'imotenu Modima Nachnulach, this idea of throughout all time, throughout all generations and then we get uh, there is gratitude or there should be this gratitude for the eternality of it all so when we get to behold hahayim hahayim yodu hasela i love the hahayim to me means the all of life and and not just the all of life in all of its forms right now while we're sitting here talking but the all of life is this continuum throughout the ages that it's in in every generation where for the broad things our lives which are in your hand our souls that are in your keeping it's it's what we all have in common that we're now expressing or just the gift of life 
That's beautiful. I find often if I am davening this, I'm praying this Amida, um, that I stop at the Wulam. I find that those two words end up, like I can't just say them once, usually. I have to say them at least a dozen times. They're really powerful for all for all of everything. And the translation that I'm looking at in the Lev Shalom says for all these, which paragraph talked about all of these kind of daily blessings and just the acknowledgement and the gratitude that comes from that acknowledgement of being alive and having souls and the days moving forward. But it doesn't say in all these blessings, it just says for all of this. And what does it mean? How can I, and I think that's what I take it as an opportunity to do is right in this moment, even without thinking this big kind of future way, but like right now, what does it mean to be in gratitude for all this, whatever all this is on a given day? Is there a melody for Baal Kulam that repeats those words? Yes, right? yes. I was gonna bring it up later, but let's bring oh, it up sorry. now. <laughs> no, this is good. This is good. We can we can play around with it. I think Cantor Mayor Finkelstein, at least that's the one I'm thinking of. Which fun fact, I didn't know that melody until when I was working at Park Avenue Synagogue many years ago. He came to dirt and I was assigned to do that as a duet with him, which was just just breathtaking. Like he yeah. magnificent voice and a magnificent presence. So I learned it so that I could sing it with him. So maybe that's well, also why right. that repetition. But I feel like I, there must be, I don't know if there was something intentional in his musical choice mm. to do that, but I like the idea of, of choosing which words are going to repeat in a melody based on where you feel the melody and the words are actually trying to say. And that, mm -hmm. you know, that vibes with, with the way that you were experiencing it, which I think is really beautiful. What else are we noticing? Um, I was brought back to the the end of this this paragraph, this the the chatima, the blessing that we close with, hatoshim ulecha na'ele hodot, and that brought me back. If we're thinking about the way that the sidur is put together, there's sort of this like inter sidur weaving that's happening. That's reminiscent both of the kaddish, same with yiparach v'yitermam, but also of yishtabach, the prayer that we say to conclude our uh, psuke de zimer service and begin the shacharit service. We say. Because God, it's so pleasing to get to sing out to you. And praises these melodies and beautiful notes. All these things that we get to sing out. It's just nice to get to do. Yeah. It's really nice to get to come together in song. And I think, you know, at the end of this Amidabra, we've, we've recited all these blessings. It's given us a moment to notice the blessings in our own lives and ask for the things that we feel like we, we wish to receive and set an intention for ourselves. And at the end of it, we say, we look back and we say, huh, it was nice that I got to take the moment to do this. It was nice to be in this moment with you, with myself, with community and with God. And I think it's it's great to be able to to name our feelings. And so that feels like a really powerful way to conclude this whole section of the Amidah is saying this has been a really nice experience and I appreciate getting to do it. I love that so much, especially thinking about when we're all be able to share in song next week. And I feel like also sometimes I can get pretty intellectual about prayer. I mean, that's what this whole thing is about, right? It's like yeah. talking about prayer and its efficacy and what does it mean to bless people and where's God in all of this but yeah giving myself the permission to be like it's just nice like sometimes yes to all those other things but it's also really nice just to sing and be together and that there is a positive inherent in that mm -hmm. on its own I am of the school the west wing school of liturgy always wanting to ask the question what's next particularly when we come to the end of a section of our service. This word na'e to me, l'cha na'e l'hodot, I like the, the translation of the word as appropriate or fitting, to be grateful. And I'm reminded of an Abraham Joshua Heschel quote that says, it's gratefulness that makes the soul great. That because our gratitude, hope, action on our part. So I'm left to to think, what what does it mean to go out grateful? Hopefully, I want to put the environment that I'm grateful for. I want to be kind to the people that I love that I'm grateful for. I want to uh, practice self-care because my soul, I'm grateful for my soul. So this idea of gets really nightfall. No, so what are you going to do about it? And I love that about Judaism in general, and especially when I see it in our prayer.
I love that too. And also if we take a step back even and look at the root modim and it shares out, right? Um, and moda and moda and a lot of places where we use the word gratitude, Larry Hoffman translated, translates it in my people's prayer book as grateful acknowledgement, because there's something about acknowledgement. I think we explored this a lot when we did our kind of gratitude series early in the podcast. The idea that there's gratitude that can arise from the heart just in the moment and outpouring of I'm so grateful, gratitude that can arise intellectually of I am acknowledging, I'm choosing notice what is going on right now, and that is leading me to gratitude, that and then that gratitude leads to action. And I love that maybe we can track that road across this whole section, right? We start with acknowledgement, right? We start with modim and we end with lehodot. That's as Rabbi Kimmelman would remind us in inclusio, where it opens and closes with the same word and idea. And we've moved from a place of acknowledgement through gratitude into gratitude that leads to action. I love that. I have a question that comes up for me a little, a lot of the prayers, but it came up for me here as well as that's the difference between blessing and acknowledging or testifying. Mm -hmm. And I tend to think of, or I'm in, in the process of thinking about, is there a difference between rech to bless and hallel to praise? So because kol han shema tehallel ya, you know, every breath testifies, just the fact that we're breathing perhaps is evidence of something going on beyond us or within us. Um, and that blessing is actually a more active, you give or you leave. And I'm playing with that in my head of how much does our very act of being a living thing, praise God, acknowledge that there's something bigger going on here. And is the blessing, is my being asked to bless or be a blessing, something different and in addition to that? Fascinating. Uh, we were talking last night at our Tefillah and Shirakala, the fact that spirituality is about awareness and noticing the things that are happening in our lives. When you, when you give a blessing, you're marking time and saying, this moment is important. You're, so it, it seems to me, based on what you're saying, that, uh, that Hallel, that praise can happen at all times. Kol HaNeshama, also Kol HaNeshim, every breath can be a breath of praise. And when we make it more intentional, when we say, when we give, when we offer something, when there's an action that goes along with it, that's it. I love that. Mm. I love the distinction between those two. I think that there's something really actualizing and a blessing that's different from just praise, which can be like praise can be all all the time, and praise can be hallelujahs that you can just say all the time. But a blessing grounds that moment in experience and action. That's cool. I like that too. Also, looking at the closing blessing, Hatov Shimcha, which also just again we could just talk about two of these words for a really long time, Hatov Shimcha, which is translated as, in this Lev Shalem, as your name is goodness. Your name is good, or we call you Tov, right? Tov is a name for you. And that's just so beautiful. I, another way of thinking about God and God's name in the world, and another suggestion of a nickname for God, and what does it mean to call out to God as goodness in a particular moment, especially when we have spent this section of the Amidah in our gratitude journey. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the same prayer, even it says, Hatov Kilo Halu Rachamecha, that name, whether it's a name or a job description, mm -hmm. but it explains it a little bit. You are, you are good or the good one. It's like a title because your mercies never fail and is the way that I grew up translating that. And I was reminded of other titles of God. Like I looked at other Hatimot. I'm trying to think if there are other ones that say Ha Baruch Atadonai. And it comes to mind for me is Ha Ma'arivam. Mm -hmm. And this is Hatov as a name for God. And I wonder, are there others where we say God is the Ha and then we have that action following? Yeah. And yeah. and it gets kind of to translate that in the English because just ha, just that the, then we have to say like 
the one who is goodness or the source of goodness or but it's like hatov like it's it's very kind of more straightforward in the hebrew in a way that's really hard to translate i pulled out the the corin sachs sidur uh, which translates that phrase as blessed are you lord whose name is quote unquote the good mm. and to whom thanks are due Right. And this translation, I think, tries to be a little more literal mm-hmm. and hoping to, to call God that name. And sometimes we I think we have Broadway in episodes, but we, I was thinking about that. And I, yes. I, I immediately thought of um, Wicked, where we sing the line uh, that Glinda should be known as Glinda officially. <laughs> Wonder if God was upset about Glinda stealing God's name. This check off on your bingo cards. We made a Broadway reference no. <laughs> <laughs> officially. I love that. And with that, officially, we'll be right back. So we have a section of the service here now that we'll talk in a moment about where it appears and when it appears and in which Sidurim it appears. But we are introduced now to this threefold blessing as part of the Amidah. And we're going to talk about it a bit. It has its own introduction read by the reader, and it leads us into some Torah verses. It goes like this. Eloheinu velohe avoteinu, barcheinu vabracha hamshuleshet batorah, aktuva al yad can you hear its own? I feel like mm. I just had to say that. <laughs> I think you did have to say that it's true. So there's a lot to be said about this. I guess I should read a translation in the Birnbaum Sidor, which is the one that I'm reading out of now. It says the priestly blessing recited by the reader. Our God and God of our ancestors, bless us with the threefold blessing written in thy Torah by thy servant Moses and by Aaron and his sons, the priests, the people, as it is said. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord countenance you and be gracious to you. Lord, favor you and grant you peace. So, open this one up. For me, I was hearing in the Hebrew that repetitive ah sound, that ah opening and vowel is all-encompassing. I think I bring up the class I did with Victoria Hanna about the letters, and ah is everything. It's out, forward, backward, to the sides. It's in all directions. So that repetition, kind of even leading up to the blessing, bracha, Torah, ketuva, decha, ha'amura, right? We're kind of like readying ourselves for this expansiveness. And then the blessing itself also has that ending in the echa, the U form. And as it's been pointed out by scholars and in the My People's Prayer Book, it made reference that it starts with three words, the blessing, and then it's five, and then it's seven, right? So it's it's expanding in blessings, even with feeling a lot of expansiveness. Josh could, the two of y'all could fill in a little bit. Born and raised Reform Jew. Now you could check that off of your bingo card that I'm mentioning the fact that I was raised in the Reform movement. And I'm looking here at my Reform Sidor, Mishkan Tefillah, and I can't find what I just read, this threefold blessing. It does not exist in this spot in the Amidah. So maybe y'all could talk a little bit about how this does exist in your services. And then there's this ritual associated with it of the Kohanim coming before the congregation and actually we talked about giving and receiving blessings, actually giving this blessing. And is it, I'm, ble- I'm now blessing you in God's name. 
which is different than my just giving you a blessing, this mm -hmm. opens up a realm here. So can you tell me how this sits in, in your own ritual and, and outside of the reform movement? Sure. So I grew up experiencing this blessing. The synagogue that I grew up at would duchan, which is where the priests would come to the, the people who identified as Kohanim would go up to the bima at the front of the, would offer this blessing on festivals. So Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuot, and on um, the high holidays, they would gather and what would happen, they would go outside and the, the Levim, the people identified as, as the Levites would wash their, their hands and feet outside. And then they would come in in their bare feet. That's what I always remember that they were just in their socks and they would come up on the bima. And then I would, I would get under my dad's talit uh, and everybody would either turn away or would put their talit toad over their head so they wouldn't be able to see. My dad always said that we should not turn away because you don't want to turn away from the blessing. So we just had to cover our, so we wouldn't experience it because the priests would then put up their hands and the priestly just Bach, and they would offer this blessing to the people. I think in, in different places around the world, this is said with different free yeah. in Jerusalem, within the walled city of Jerusalem every day in many really? congregations. Yeah. When I was studying mm. in the concerted Yeshiva, they would all there would be people who would something would offer it, Kohen present with us. Outside of Jerusalem, but in Israel, it's it's said in many congregations every Shabbat. Like with, the, I mean, the duchening where the priest would come up and actually do this sort of theatrical ritual. And then in congregations outside of Israel, it was said just on the these holidays. But even when the duchening is not present, when the priestly theat theatricality of the ritual doesn't happen, the, the shaliach tzibor, whoever was leading the service, if they did a repetition of the Amidah, where everybody did it silently by themselves, and then we the leader said it all out loud afterwards, this paragraph would always be included. This sort of blessing reminiscent of the priestly blessing, even in a moment where we weren't doing the pageantry, the blessing itself still existed within the Sidor. And what's What's jumping out to me is the fact that it isn't part of the silent Amidah right. because it's a blessing that someone has to give to you or that you must give to someone else. It's not really part of the personal liturgy, right? This threefold blessing that comes to us in the Torah in Bamidbar, which is already being used, like the Psalms and the Book of Malachi mention this as being used. And in my people's prayer book, it says it was found written on silver in a burial trove in Jerusalem from the sixth or seventh century, way, way back when, maybe before BC, I don't remember. But anyway, it's it's a known entity and it's used as a blessing for the people in the temple service. The Talmud talks about the temple service kind of closing with this ritual. I grew up in a synagogue that did not do Duchanin, that did not do the ritual out loud, but I really loved it when we went to synagogues that did. I understand, of course, and we've talked about it a lot, the discomfort that we have hearkening back or praying for a restored temple and a restored prayer sacrifice. And the but, hierarchical nature of it. Too. Yes. You know, to be a conservative egalitarian synagogue where egalitarian, not just in terms of the genders being able to do everything, but in terms of, does it really matter if your family is a Kohen or a Levite? But I have really come to appreciate this as a piece of ritual theater, which we don't do a lot of. Like we have the suggestions to do it in our Sidur, and there are certain things more or less, but many pieces of this Amidah have been hearkening back to the temple service. This is certainly one of them. And there is something just very powerful when when Duchanan happens, when the Kohanim are there, the leader kind of feeds words and whispers them, and I think one of my favorite, favorite moments to be a prayer leader is that moment. I find it so incredibly powerful, this kind of cycle of blessings that's like, you know, God is throughout the cycle, but I give it to the Kohanim and they give it to the people that gives it back to the Kohanim and back to me. And it just kind of cycles through. It can be very powerful. I think it really adds to the theatricality of it. It's really, now that you're saying that, that's also one of my favorite parts is that like Ellen, like you were saying, where this blessing is a blessing that comes from God and and then the priests are giving it and there's something confusing about the directionality of that. But in some ways, the blessing only has 15 words. The priests could probably remember it by themselves, but they still receive every single word as if it was received from on high and then given to them to then give to the people, which I think is, is really powerful. Received anew every time mm. it's said yeah. also meaning that it's a different blessing, even though we're using the same words, right. that it's 
renewed in each moment. I, I observed, uh, had to observe Duchanan uh, once in my life, and, and I remember it. I remember, though, uh, it's funny, having a with my grandmother years and years ago, where she would talk about being in temple when she was a kid to experience this ritual. And the story that she said was, you can't look. This is about like turning away, Josh, that you mentioned, that you close your eyes and, and you can't peek. She said, because if you if you peek once, she said the legend for her was you peek once, you lose sight in your right eye. You peek twice, you lose sight in your left eye. You peek oh, no. three times, you die. And you, of course, it was grandma. If you're already blind in both eyes, how can you peek a third time? And, and the answer was always, don't ask. And that was the end of the conversation every time. Don't ask. <laughs> but it was considered a very, like, a real peak moment in, in the service. Um, a peak but don't peak moment. A peak, there you go. A peak but don't peak <laughs> moment. Well done. Well done. Let's make sure and mention, which I don't think that we have yet for everybody who's listening, that this threefold benediction is, I, I mentioned that it was out of Torah, but it's it's Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. If you want to go look it up in the Torah text where God specifically says to Moses and Aaron, here's how you bless the people. Through me, here's the exact words you should use. And so here we have it. I, I also just want to add one more thing to our bingo card, which is I'll bring up Gamatria again. Yes, oh, um, this is such a bingo card episode. Well, because, you know, you mentioned that it goes from three to five to seven, mm -hmm. and that's that's 15, right? Which is, which is, is. God's name. Of course yeah. it is. So this blessing <laughs> is made up of words that actually equal the number that we connect with God. So this blessing that we're receiving from God is actually a blessing that is of God. Mm. It's Yah. I love that. I'm also being drawn to the imagery, you know, we talk about the kind of modern discomfort with the temple service, and we also have modern discomfort with anthropomorphizing God, with this idea of imagining God as having a human body. But this talks about God's face, panav, translated here as countenance, but it's, it's face, right? That means, that means face. And the Torah itself, does not shy away from anthropomorphization. Anthra anthropomorphization. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a place on the bingo card for Eliana trips over a big word? You know, the Torah isn't afraid of that, right? God has a strong hand and an outstretched arm in the Torah. He's not afraid of using those words. You know, Maimonides comes along and is like, God doesn't have a body. And so we all shy away from it, but I've kind of come back around to it, knowing that it doesn't have to be literal for it to be powerful. And what's powerful about God's face is that nobody gets to see it, right? Moses didn't even get to see God's face. Moses is up on the mountain. They've had this, you know, heightened moment. And Moses says, please show me your face. And God says, I'm gonna put you in this rock over here between these rocks. I'm going to pass by you and you're only going to see my back. Nobody gets my face. And yet we are blessing each other and the priests are blessing us and the Kohanim are blessing us with may God's face shine on you. That there's something about the mystery and the ineffability and that which we cannot explain or, or even see that isn't in and of itself the blessing. I don't know. I'm finding that very striking right now. What does it mean to bless through the countenance of God? And it made me think of when you just said, you know, that idea of God's face shining on you, that we can't look at the sun. We can't see mm -hmm. the sun. We, it is blinding. And yet the sun's face is shining on us. You know, so, so we're asking that, that, that God's face shine, that God be God's face be lifted, that God turn God's face. And, and we don't get, we experience through our lives this idea that we're being watched over or turned towards or acknowledged and paid attention to. You're right, being able to see any of it 
visually. I want to go back to the, here, let me trip over the word, the anthropomorphization of Adonai, you know, the, 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 the very fact that God speaks at all would imply that God has a voice box and lungs and vocal cords. So there's our first clue from the moment for me that it says God said, we have to realize that it's necessarily or exclusive speech the way we think of speech. We hear God in, we're at command in Shema to hear God in so many different ways all the time that this one is different and not different perhaps. There's also the tradition, and I see it in my Sidur, and I see it, Josh, is in yours, and maybe it's in yours too, Ellen, that after each of these lines, the congregation responds, can you hear its own, right? May it be the will, right? Or may this will be in the future. So, I mean, but it's interesting that we don't use Amen here. We use can you hear its own. Mm-hmm. May it be saying kind of like putting the blessing into motion almost just like giving it a little push forward like yes we agree may it be and that also continues the cycle of uh, you know the holy one to the leader to the kohanim to the people and then back again so we say can you hear its own and there are other times where this appears in the liturgy where we might not say can you hear its own the priestly blessing is also the blessing for children friday night liturgy and you know stay to exploring that soon but i also love that this piece of sacred text appears in different liturgical contexts thus changing the and the midrash the commentary around it so yes we're going to bring it up at other times but it's it might be completely different when we do and i love that Mm-hmm. I'm sure that many people are used to hearing this as the blessing that's recited for the be mitzvah in front of the hour, mm-hmm. the blessing that's recited for wedding couples underneath the chuppah. Um, you know, this blessing with a capital B, the blessing, like hatov. This is mm-hmm. hamracha, the blessing. And may we merit saying, giving this blessing perpetually, selah, even one might say. Can you hear that sound? Can you hear that Welcome back, everyone. This gives us a great opportunity to explore some melodies for this threefold blessing. As we mentioned, we're going to be bringing it up more in different contexts. But here are some contexts. Now, Ellen, what's a melody that you like? Well, the melody that I have really come to appreciate most recently is Chava Morel's Loving Kindness Blessing, which I believe you just heard a clip of during the break. And... Chava has surrounded an interpretation of this priestly benedict, English words about giving and receiving blessing. And I am so fascinated by it because Chava made the Hebrew more inclusive and actually changed the Hebrew. And that may be when we come back to talk about the blessing further in other episodes. We'll talk about the Hebrew changes, listen to the whole thing, both changes Adonai to Shekhinah, masculine to feminine, and at the same time makes it instead of Yivarechecha, you singular and masculine, Tevarchenu, that we be blessed. So it kind of raises all of us to that priestly level of being able to give blessings to others and makes it grammatically correct for certain situations and the, and leaves us with the question of when we take these lines straight from Torah, then do we have the permission when using them in different groups and, and calling God by different names, do we have the permission to change the words to this blessing specifically? Uh, that's something for another episode. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Me too. Beautiful. 
I have a, a few melodies that I really like for this one. And also, now that I'm at the High Holidays, or I'm at Temple Beth Am in Los Angeles, there's a really beautiful four-part choral arrangement that we do mm-hmm. for this piece with a little quartet. But the one that I thought of that I wanted to share is Happy Hoffman has a really beautiful melody, very just a sweet melody that uh, I think really encompasses sort of this blessing that's falling as a fountain over the, the people who are receiving it. It's really a nice fun. We'll put it in the show notes. For my pick, I'd actually love to share a melody of mine, and we'll use that as our closing, um, as our closing blessing for the moment. I remember when I wrote this because it was my first, my first staff meeting, Avenue Synagogue, which was my first quote unquote big girl job, my first full time job, many years ago already, and before the meeting. Cantor Ozzy Schwartz said, you know, it would be really nice to use a melody of yours in our service, maybe a priestly blessing. <laughs> and we had the meeting up on the roof because it was a beautiful day. And while the meeting was going on, was I paying attention? Only kind of, because in my head, I was playing around with the words of the threefold blessing. And this melody came and it was honor to hear it sung, but I was working with a teen rock band at the time. And they played it and they did such a beautiful job. And on my last Shabbat, they surprised me by by playing it together. And so it reminds me of those teens who are all young adults now. They're probably at college or out of college having lives. It's incredible. So we'll, we'll leave us with a blessing and we can invite you, dear listeners, if you are able to take a deep breath, a settling breath, to feel yourself connected to the earth through your feet or through your seat. (sighs) Take a moment of relaxing, relaxing your shoulders away from your ears, softening your face, imagining your spine as a ladder from heaven to earth and earth to heaven. (sighs) And beginning to follow the pattern of your breath in and out. I invite you in this moment to imagine, to imagine the blessings, these words, and what these words represent flowing through you. You can bring your awareness to the top of your head where the head meets the air, your crown space, and imagine that through crown space you are receiving this blessing. Maybe you want to imagine as light or wind or water or something else, whatever you want to imagine it as. Imagine these blessings flowing from the top of your head, through your face, your neck and your shoulders, through your chest, down your arms, into your fingers, through your belly and your seat and your legs and out through your toes, just a channel of this blessing, the flow of which does not stop. When we open ourselves to it, we can become that channel and then the blessing flows through us and out in a way that only we can. Yaera donai pana ve lecha vihuneka. Yisa donai pana elecha ve asem lecha. Shalom. You can take a big deep breath and a shalom with us. Shalom. 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 Shalom.
May we feel peace, be a conduit for peace, and bring blessings of peace. Can you hear us soon? Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ellen and Josh, for being together with us today. My pleasure. Can't wait to see y'all on site in just a few Ooh. days. Oh my gosh. So great to be in this room with you, Josh, and to get to sing and harmonize with you. Amen. What a blessing. Thank you to Yafa for our show notes. Thank you, Christy, for editing. Thank you, all of you, for listening. You can find our very copious and detailed show notes wherever you got this podcast or at lightlab.co. And we hope to sing and learn and bless with you again very soon. 